Our key text this morning is found in Genesis 8, 22. I think this will be more of a teaching message, but I cannot guarantee that. I may get excited as I go along. Our subject matter is so important for us as the body of Christ, as Christians. And Genesis 8.22 says, oh, oh, I'm sorry, let's welcome everybody watching online. I forget to do that a lot. Would you give it up for them today? So glad that you are joined in, and we hope to see you in the house. Genesis 8.22, as long as the earth endures... The earth is still enduring, whether it's global warming, global cooling, climate change, cows letting off gas. The earth is still enduring, amen? Seed time and harvest, cold and heat, we enter that part, haven't we? Summer and winter, day and night will never cease. Now, that's God's word. That's God's promise. He backs it up with all the authority that he is. And this today is some words that we can use. We're going to be looking at certain supernatural laws. These are, these are supernatural laws that govern the natural uh, occurrences. And today is a very important one for us. And the one that we're going to be dealing with as long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest. Seed time and harvest, you can count on it. It's a spiritual law that we see in the natural every day, but it's also a spiritual law that provides for us supernaturally, spiritually. Today, the message is titled, How to Grow a harvest, how to grow. We're talking about a supernatural harvest. How to grow a supernatural harvest. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for every person here today. God, I thank you today that uh, you have a word for every person, a word that reveals yourself to us, a word that gives us purpose, a word that reaffirms your promises made. We need your word today. Would you make it a prayer before the Lord? Lord, I need a word today. I need a word for me. I need a word that what you're saying to me, I want ears to hear today what you're saying. You're speaking, and I want to hear it today. Now, let's pray it together, church. Lord, speak to my heart. Change my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Boudreaux was overheard talking on his telephone in the corner of Cajun Cafe. The conversation that was heard was something like this. My garden going pretty good this year. But you won't believe it. Thibodeau told me I needed some manure on my strawberries. I'll never do that again. I'm just going to stick with the cool whip.
all of the weak stomachs. It's like, man. When me and Patty were dating over 30 years ago, I I grew up, um, my, my family, they had truck patches. I've shared that before. We had We had more than gardens. One year we had five acres of butter beans. My mom and dad had fruit stands. I was actually running a fruit stand at about 13 or 14 years old. But when me and Patty dated, I could tell that she hadn't been out in the garden too many times. Took her out in the garden, and you're not going to believe what she did. I'll give you the rest of the story in just a little bit. The principle, the law, if you will, of seed time and harvest, we see it throughout the Bible. It's a law that you want to put to practice in your own life. Just to name a few occurrences where you can prove it, where it can be tested, and you can prove it to be a true law as long as the earth endures. I want to give you some principles, some ways that it can apply to your life. If you're taking notes, the first one, the principle of seed time and harvest, it applies to obedience. It applies to your obedience. Galatians 6, this wonderful promise says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Now that applies negatively, what you do will come back on you. That applies negatively, but man, it applies positively too. It says, whoever sows to please their flesh, from their flesh will reap destruction. Anybody know how that feels? Whoever sows to please the Spirit... From the Spirit will reap eternal life. And the Scripture teaches us there's blessings too on this earth. So let us not grow weary in doing good, for at the proper time you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. One translation says, faint not. There is a harvest coming your way. Don't you give up. Can I tell you, the harvest is going to be worth it. You'll get discouraged. You want to quit. That's what we call real Christian living. But if you just keep on with Jesus, stay in faith, stay in love with him, stay in the spirit, you keep walking it out, you're going to walk upon a harvest that you would say, Wow, where did that come from? There's no way I could be responsible from that. It's from the Lord. That harvest will be worth it. Please the Spirit. Do not give up. Harvest time is wonderful time. Another way it can apply, we see it in the Scripture, it applies to faith. Dealt with faith quite a bit. But it says in Matthew 17, 20, Jesus said, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. What a promise. 
And the way we get hung up in this promise is Jesus does not talk about the time it will move. He says it will move. We just give up in that waiting period many times. But persevering faith will always produce a harvest. You ought to write that down if you have a pen or if you're taking notes. Persevering faith will always produce a harvest. It's impossible for it not to. A faith that does not give up will see results. It may not be exactly the way you have thought it, but it will be the results that God wants you to have. You can guarantee it as long as the earth endures. That must have been went deep. It got quiet. Here's another one. It applies to giving. Now, I don't know why we get all tense on this one. This should be a celebration on this one. Look at what the Scripture says. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, but whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. God, because you have given me so much, how could I not give you? And we're not talking about tithes. That's not giving. That's bringing. <laughs> that belongs to him already. But we're talking about whatever God says. God, whatever you, what do you want me to give? Oh, I'll give that. Oh, yes. I can promise you this. You will not outgive God. God will be no man's debtor. Man, we've, we've seen that principle in our lives. Well, God blesses us over and over again, and we don't deserve it. But he gives to those who give. And he wants you to give joyfully. But if you give stingily, if you give reluctantly, if you give little, well, that's what you're going to get. But praise the Lord, his measuring cup is bigger than ours. Amen. It applies to God's word. And this is where we're going to camp out just a little bit this morning. The word of God is given to us to produce a supernatural harvest in our lives. Well, the word of God is so important to you and to me. And I want to pick up on a parable at Luke 8. Jesus gives this parable. Luke 8, beginning at verse 4, it says, While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. Our farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Some fell on the rocky ground, and when it came up, the seeds withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and with it, grew up with it, and with it, and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop. A hundred times more than what was sown. And this is a very few occurrences that we see in Scripture where Jesus immediately gives the meaning of the parable. In verse 11, he says, this is the meaning of the parable. He doesn't want us to be mistaken about it at all, misinterpreted in any way. He says, the seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear 
And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts. Man, I've seen that happen. So that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it. But they have no root. For they believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. Boy, have I seen that. Verse 14, the seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. Boy, have I seen that. And boy, have I experienced all of that in my life. I think we all have, during these stages of, of Christianity, hopefully we continue on and God, we know God is patient with us. Can anybody say thank the Lord for that? In verse 15, but the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. And boy, have I seen that. Just thinking about it today, thinking about our movers and the people that serve, and many of our people at this church has been here for the 10 years, many of them. And just seeing their lives change, seeing blessings in their lives, seeing their kids grow up with a heart for the Lord, it's wonderful. Seeing them grow, grow in their giftings, using their giftings for the Lord, that's one of the greatest pleasures for a pastor, to see others doing the ministry and carrying on, doing God what God has purposed them to do, a harvest, a harvest, a harvest for the Lord is, is the greatest thing you can experience on this earth. Jesus addresses two things that we're going to be looking at closer today that's needed for the harvest, and he mentions the seed and the soil. Let's look at the seed and the soil. Patty, would you help me with my props today? Would you give it up for my lovely assistant, please? <laughs> Got a garbage can and some seed. We'll put it right here on the seed of God's word. The seed, Jesus said that the seed is the word of God. And a natural seed, it has supernatural properties. God purposed this seed, I believe, as a natural example of us of the supernatural seed of God's Word. We can learn by even uh, looking at a natural seed. These properties are very unique. If you're taking notes, and we're going to relay it to the seed of God's Word, the first one is this. It has power. Seed has power. This seed has more than regenerative power. It is purposed by God to have resurrection power. 
What do you mean? Well, let me help all of the non-gardeners out. This seed, for it to produce, must die. When it dies, it produces a root. This is what happens when you and I gave, gives our life to Christ for new life to come in us. The seed of God's word produces regenerative power in us. Jesus said himself, very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. In verse 25, he says, anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. God's word, which is manifested to us by Jesus, has incredible power to resurrect our dead spirits to new life in his spirit. That's the reason why we Water baptism is so significant. It's symbolic of what's happened already inside of us. We go down in death, and we come up in new life. Amen? It has power. God's word, the seed of God's word has power, resurrection power. It can resurrect bad marriages. It can resurrect dead dreams. It can resurrect rebellious teenagers. <laughs> it can resurrect dead religious hearts. God's word produces new life. When we take it and retain it and persevere with it, it produces life every time. And you can't read his word and, not and when you apply it, you cannot read it and not be changed by it. It has potential. This seed has incredible potential to potential potential to produce great things. It is to grow up. God's word has the potential to grow in your life so you can become mature in it. So proud of our lead class going through, and they got scriptures this year. If you don't know what lead class is, it's a uh, about a seven or eight month class that we do on Wednesday nights. And um, they're having memorization scriptures. It's so important, man, to get that scripture in your heart because that's what the Holy Spirit brings back to you so you can have what you need when you need it. Jesus' wealth can only work for you so many different ways. You don't know what Jesus' wealth is. It's the shortest Bible verse in the Bible. And some of us got Jesus' wealth memorized, but we need to move on from Jesus' wealth. We need to get some other word in our heart and memorize it. It's the seed. It's got incredible potential to grow up in your life, to produce in your life. Ephesians 4.15 said, We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. The God, word of God changes you, don't it? Changes us to be more like Christ. It gives us uh, the revelation of who Christ is. Listen to this statement. Revelation brings dedication, and dedication brings consecration. means separating ourselves from the world. And consecration brings transformation in your life. And I'm so thankful that, that the Holy Spirit 
really was my first teacher of God's Word. And he's been my teacher ever since then. And he'll do the same for you. And it has purpose. This seed is not only meant to grow and to flourish, to look healthy. It is to produce a harvest. This one seed will produce many butter beans in this case, and those butter beans can be used for many seeds in the future for a greater harvest. And what a great representation of our life, that what God wants to use his word and his spirit within us so that we can grow up to maturity where it's not just about me. I need, I need help. I need this. I need this. God wants us to be people that says, I will do this and I can help you there. I can show you the way. Amen? It's to produce a harvest. John 15, Jesus said, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Verse 2 is the reason why many times we get quiet in church. Many times why we have to repent. The reason why sometimes, man, we come in with the the world on us that, um, I mean, just heaviness. Because it says, verse 2, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Anybody been pruned lately? Cutting don't seem pleasant. While every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. We prayed just a little bit earlier for those that are really just in the middle of the fight. It's very possible it could be the devil, but it's very possible you could be being pruned by your gardener. And the result is more fruit. Either way, it's going to be result more fruit if you don't give in, right? Verse 8, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. The Lord intends on having fruit from his planting his seed, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Is this okay this morning? Everybody okay this morning? If we're not producing a harvest with our lives, the problem is not with the seed. The problem is the soil. Now, can we go a little deeper right now? Can we allow the Holy Spirit to maybe do a little surgery today? Let's look. Because Jesus said the soil is our heart. And Jesus gave us four conditions. It's amazing that he named four conditions of the heart, but only one produced the harvest. The other three we have to be careful of. And again, in my life, I've seen these conditions in my heart over my Christian walk. Thankfully, the work of the Holy Spirit in us won't let us stay that way. If we open up our heart to him, he wants to do wonderful work in us so we have fruit. We can grow up. We can get off the milk, as Paul would say, and get to the meat of God's word that gives us some strong, strong life, a strong life. So let's look at verse 8, I mean verse 12 of Luke 8. It says, those along the path are the ones who hear 
And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart so that they may not believe and be saved. Satan comes along immediately to steal the seed. If he, can, if he can't steal your seed of salvation, he'll try to steal other seeds where the word can't become mature in your life. And he comes. He doesn't want it to take root. That's the reason why he comes immediately. So we cannot afford, the first heart condition that we cannot afford is a hard heart. A hard heart. This is a heart that's not open to receive the word of God. You know, there's only two things we can do with spiritual things of the Lord, and that's either receive them or reject them. They're given to us to produce fruit in our lives, to produce good in our lives, and we can either receive it or reject it. There's only two things we can do with it. But we want to receive it, amen? We don't want a hard heart. Let's be careful, church, not to have a hard heart, not to develop a hard heart. A hard heart can come by sin. That the things that used to move you, I, I didn't say you, you, you may be in church, and, but you've developed a hard heart because of sin. The things that you have opened up your heart to haven't protected your heart. And you can sit in church where you used to be moved by the presence of the Lord. Now you just show up. I'm thankful that we're talking about the other people down the road, right? We're not going to have a hard heart, but sin will cause you to have a hard heart. What about this one? Stubbornness. Don't look at nobody right now. Stubbornness will give you a hard heart. I know the Lord told me to forgive them, but I just ain't ready to. I know the Lord told me to make it right, but I'm just not ready to. Stubbornness will give you a hard heart. Can I just name just a few others? Hurt. Hurt will give you a hard heart. You've got to be very careful. You can't afford to stay hurt. Let the Lord heal you and move on from that. Religion. I don't know why they got to get all happy about that. I mean, what they... Religion, man, open up your heart. Religion will keep some people from the baptism of the Holy Ghost. One of them, man, a huge blessing in your life. Don't let that happen. Don't let the devil keep you from that harvest. Backsliding and strongholds will give you a hard heart. Pride. That's a big one, man. That'll give you a hard heart. Here's, here's another thing we got to be careful for. This, some, sometimes we think we can receive part of the word and not the whole word. I'm convinced that's why sometimes we don't want to read the Bible because we are afraid of what we're accountable to. And we treat it maybe like a menu that we, oh, that fits good. But that's a little hard. I must not be reading that in the proper context. And it's quiet. This must be some preaching right now. I'm telling you, it's good. 
we want to receive part of the truth. And we have to be open for the whole truth. The Bible will offend you. It will offend your flesh. I'm, talking, I'm, talking, not, I'm not talking about a preacher. I'm the Bible. It will challenge you. It wants to reprove you and me. Shows those things that are not good. But so the pruning takes place with God's word. So we don't want a hard heart at all. Not a place that's hard in our life. A hard heart disregards the seed of God's word. It leaves itself open for the truth to be stolen from them. And as much power and potential and purpose this seed has, if you have a hard heart, it's like throwing it away. The seed thrown away. We must receive the whole truth of God's word. This is a blank in your notes. With a tender heart. Tender heart. Man, that's the reason why I think, don't be ashamed to cry in God's presence. I can tell when God's really moving on me, I'm just crying. And I think tears water the soul. Do you have to cry for a tender heart? No. I'm just saying don't be ashamed of it. Tender heart is a humble heart. It's a repentant heart. It's like, God, I don't know everything. I need you. It's a dependent heart. Take me. Make me, as the old scripture, or the old song says, mold me. Oh, my heart. Tender before you, not prideful, not hard. Tender heart. In Ezekiel 20, 36, verse 26 says, And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. It's talking about a tender heart, a pliable heart. Lord, we, we should all say, Lord, where do you want me to go? I'll go. What do you want me to do? I'll do. I'm not my own. I belong to you. Stay tender before you, Lord. And let me pick it up the steam a little bit. I got to get through. The, the second one is this. A, a bad heart condition is this one, a half-committed heart. Mm, mm-mm. Luke, Jesus said it. He said, those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. A half-committed heart is a waste of good seeds. Time of testing come to us all, don't it? And there's only, this is the only way that our faith can be proved. Our faith in the Lord, our commitment tied to our faith in the Lord. And roots have to go deeper when the soil is hard. But if it goes deeper, the plant can receive what it needs to grow. Just remember this, the deeper the roots, the greater the fruit. 
And may we be people who say, I am coming after you regardless of what comes my way. I have made up my mind. I am yours and you are mine. And Lord God, I will not let anything change that I am committed. I know it's a word we don't hear a lot today, but we got to be people who are committed to God's way, no matter if it's popular in the world system. Amen. Not going to back down. I'm not going to be ashamed. I'm not going to shrink back to please somebody else. God, you've done too much for me for me not to give you my life. Does anybody testify to that? The left side got it. Committed. I'm going to be committed. Calm down, Bobby. God's word grows deep when we are totally committed. It does. Psalms 1 says, Blessed is the man who walks in the counsel, who does not walk, excuse me, in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season, and his leaf, look at that, does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. Does anybody just know a saint of old that just have walked with the Lord all their life and they just stay constant with the Lord? And you can see the blessing upon their lives. And these are the people that you want to pray with you. I remember a couple of saints right after me and Patty got married that she grew up knowing and these were women of God. They knew how to touch heaven. And the, the times I can remember when they would even pray for us. That's harvest. That's the fruit that God wants for your life. He wants you to be the one that somebody else looks to for spiritual strength. Amen? But we got to be fully committed. Stay with it. Keep walking with the Lord. Don't give up. Don't fall back. Let me give you the third one. It's the hindered heart. Luke 8, 14 says, The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, very important phrase, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. It's very possible to start out God's way and then go on your own way. Does You understand? Salvation, we say, God, I want your way. But then we can take over. We can take the steering wheel back. Because God don't seem to be going fast enough for us. He don't seem to be going the exact way we thought he would. So we just take back over and go our own way. It's the hindered heart. It's when our passions are changed. Our desires. And here we see the key. It says the seed, it fell among the thorns. Those things are thorns in your lives. Those wrong passions, your wrong desires, not following the Lord. I'm amazed how you got to plant the things that you want, but you don't have to plant weeds. Aren't you amazed by that? I mean, weeds are going to grow on their own. You don't have to plant a weed. 
got to deal with the weed. Them weeds. I'm telling you, every variety of weed. Not just one weed. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Every weed. And that's what comes from your life. This living in this world system, man, the devil will make sure you got some weeds. And you got to deal with the thorns and the weeds. Now you're going to have a hindered heart. Let me name a few weeds for you. You ready? There's the stink weed of self-centeredness, and it stinks. What about the prickly thorn bush of pride? There's the snaking vine of stinginess. It'll wrap all around you. There's the clover of cold-heartedness. There's the sapling of stubbornness. There's the nettle, n- the nettle of negativity. Woo, that's a sting, it'll sting you. That's just the name of a few weeds. There are many others, and sometimes, sometimes we accept the weed and uproot the seed. Throw away the seed, and we accept the weed. That brings me back to Patty's story. And I didn't even get clarity before, uh, permission beforehand, so y'all pray for me. I have shared it before. Felt that was safe. So took her out to the garden, and I told her, this is, you know, what we, I had to grow up doing this. And I gave her a hoe, and I said, and my dad was out there hoeing, I said, you got a hoe, got to get rid of the weeds, got to uproot them weeds. And so I showed her around one, and I walked away to do something. I came back, and she was just working her little heart out, so hoeing, you know, getting rid of the weeds. The only problem was she got rid of the plant, the butter bean, and was sowing, uh, hoeing around a weed. Man, that weed was so clean. I mean, it was ready to produce more weeds. And I thought about that story, little story. And that's what we can do in our lives. That the good things that the Lord gives us, and we just disregard. And we clean up, we take care of, we nurture those things that we know are not going to produce a good harvest. The wonderful spiritual harvest, the supernatural harvest that God's got for us, we disregard. Throw it away. All the power, the potential, the purpose, and we accept the weeds from the devil. You know, one thing about it, you don't have to know all the weeds. You just got to be able to know the good seed. What does that leaf look like? I told her, this is a butterbean leaf. Don't cut them down. See how they're real straight going through there? You just got to know the good leaves. Once you know the good leaves, you don't have to know every bad leaf. You just know you get rid of what's not good. Does that make sense? You get rid of the things that don't look like holy living. You get rid of the things that don't look like a good marriage. You get rid of those things that don't look like integrity. 
I'm just going to stay with the good leaves. I want a good harvest. And Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. We got to de-weed our hearts. We guard our hearts with devotion and discipline. If weeds creep in, we repent and uproot. I added uproot. Sometimes repentance, we know repentance is more than just asking the Lord to forgive you. Sometimes you got to uproot that. If it's something you're watching on television and you repent and you fall back into it and you repent and fall back in, it's a weed you got to get out of your house. Unplug the TV and put it in the garage. That's extreme. Yeah, sometimes those weeds take hard roots and you got to really work on them to get rid of them. Amen? Now, this is teaching, I understand, but this is some stuff you can really apply to your life. We want a good harvest. Luke 8, 15 says, but the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. This is a healthy heart. A heart that receives God's word, it accepts it's reproof, it's correction. You retain it. God, I want this to be a part of my life. And you hold on to it. You don't let the devil to talk you out of it. You persevere in it. And it will produce, I promise you, the harvest will be wonderful. You'll be so glad that you sowed that seed. You let that seed in your heart. You'll be so glad. Yeah, it may take a moment for, for you to see the true results but you'll be so glad, and it will be multiplied many times over in your life, in your kids, in your grandkids. It just gets sweeter and sweeter following Jesus. Would you stand, please? Let's get rid of a hard heart this morning. Let's humble ourselves or repent if we need to. Let's get rid of the half-committed heart. And let's make up our minds. We're going to serve Jesus. We're going to serve you, Lord. We're going to quit being in and out of the truth of God's word. I know I've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. I'm coming after you, God. For me not to serve you means that you would have to turn me away and you won't do that. Are you ready to make that commitment? All you, Jesus, all you. Let's get rid of that hindered heart. Those things in your life that you know are not producing good things for you. Get rid of them. They're taking the life from the seed, from the plant, the good plant. Get rid of it. It may take some drastic measures. Some of us may have to find some new friends. Look at that person that's dragging you down. Hopefully they're not here this morning. They a weed. <laughs> Maybe they need to repent today. Let's make sure we have this healthy heart that we produce. The harvest will be worth it. I promise you that. Would you bow your head, please? Lord, we're so honored that 
You have given us your word. You've given us your spirit to prove your word in us, to perfect your word in us, to teach us your word. From that, Lord God, you give us your promises and you give us direction. Someone needs that today. Lord, those things in our life that those heart conditions that are not producing harvest, we repent of. Would you do that? Just between you and the Lord. Lord, I repent today. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand today. Between you and the Lord. Lord, search my heart is a prayer that we all need to pray. Is there some seeds there that are not your seed? It's going to produce bad stuff. Forgive me for that, Lord. Show me, show me, show me. Make a fresh commitment. I, I commit to the Lord every day that I, can, that I can think about it. Lord, I commit to you today. I'm serving you. It's like I'm saying a commitment prayer all over again. Forgive me, Jesus. Come into my heart. Commit. You'll be glad you did. Harvest is wonderful. Don't let the devil lie and say, you'll never be that strong woman of God. You'll never be that strong man of God like they are. That's a lie. He doesn't want you to grow those spiritual roots that will cause you to be the one that others look to. Stay with the Lord. Prove the Lord in your life. Thank you, God. Church, can we just all pray this together? Commitment to prayer. And this prayer begins a relationship with the Lord if you've never asked him in your heart or if you have and there's things in your life that you need to repent of, it just it makes a fresh commitment all over to him again. Can we pray it? And you can pray it online, right where you are. Let's pray it. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me so much that you gave your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sins. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Would you forgive me for all my sins? Would you come into my heart? Would you change my life? In Jesus' name. The Lord just put it in my heart with your heads bowed just for a moment. I believe the Holy Spirit is going to remind someone of a word that you've had in the past that you've given up on. And I believe the Lord is going to remind you of that today. Lord, would you do that? You brought that into my spirit just then for someone that has given up on a word. And Lord, I pray that you would bring it back today. Let them be able to cherish it again. Let them be able to give it the, the attention it needs so it to produce roots in their life. If that's you, would you raise your hand? You've given up on a word that God's given you and you want it to take root again. Who is that? Raise your hand. Yes, yes, ma'am. Thank you, Lord. I believe there's others. Thank you for that word today in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank everyone that's watched online. This Wednesday is what we call First Wednesday. It's the first Wednesday of every month. We have a regular service of worship time. This one's going to be a little different. The message will be shorter. Don't say amen to that. But we're asking everyone to bring an old-fashioned potluck dish just make sure it's good. Don't try nothing on us. We don't want to be your experiment. I mean, feed it to your family, then make it for us if you would. And that'll be this Wednesday. We're going to have a great time of fellowshipping together after the service. So that's this Wednesday. It starts at 6.30 to 7.30. We'll do that during the summer on those first Wednesdays of the month. 
this summer. Every other Wednesday night, we have prayer from 6 to 7, okay? God bless you. Sure good to see you today. Let me bless you. If you'll raise your hand, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. God bless you. Have a great Sunday.